0: Because Mm -hmm. you're always going to be questioning every move, right? But for like most of these guys, I think if not all of them, when we talk to them, right, they're so confident, so sure right what they are able to bring to the table. Right. So I think that's another thing that, you know, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you want to start something for yourself, you gotta sit down, you gotta ask yourself, can I bring something to the table? Can I do things better than other people?
1: Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Mind Your Business SG and today you're joined with Ashwin and Tame. Alright, yes, the hosts of Mind Your Business SG and for the next few episodes, uh, it's going to be a bit special, we don't actually have a guest For this episode Right Ash?
0: Yep So if you all don't know We just recently had our First year anniversary Yes So we called down Some of the guests For a bit of uh, appreciation Right And I thought We would take this time Mm -hmm. To you know Do a quick recap Of what we have been through In this year That's right Even though uh, As Indians you know (laughs) Our one year was in February I'm
1: not Indian But Yeah (laughs) Yes, brown guys. <laughs> All right, sure. Yeah, we are following uh, the
0: brown timing, right? So it happened uh, two months later, mm. right in April, and we just wrapped up the event. Uh, I think we have a couple of um, Instagram videos right. that were posted up. Yeah, do check a uh, do take a look at it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if not, uh, we want to take this. You know, couple of sessions to you know recap everything. Yep. Get everybody uh, a quick summary of what we have learned, uh, speaking to all these uh,
1: amazing entrepreneurs yeah. over that course of the one yeah, year. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So before we even get into that, right, Tommy? Yeah. Uh, what is the one word you use to describe right having interviewed all these hmm. amazing entrepreneurs?
1: I think the first thing that really comes into my mind is resilience. I say one word. Resilience. <laughs> okay. Okay, fair. I'm not giving the whole <laughs> sentence, but yeah. Building up to resilience. it, resilience. I swear, the number of times I've heard a story where they were really down on their luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we'll go a little bit deeper into each of the guests and maybe how they have shown the, right. the right. resilience Yeah, for me. I think personally mm-hmm. for me, uh,
0: yeah. it was uh, eye-opening. Mm-hmm. Right? That would be the word. I, I, I guess it's a single word, right? <clears throat> mm-hmm.
1: So, Eye-opening. I- yeah, eye dash opening. Okay.
0: Yeah, so I think that, you know, speaking to all these amazing people who have, they've have always been stable actually, right? Yeah. Uh, they had careers and mm-hmm. then for them to take that leap, uh, I don't think it's easy, especially breaking out from the that whole Singaporean system that has mm-hmm. been created for mm-hmm. us, uh, where, you know, day one, we are trained on following a schedule and yep. then to go into the entrepreneurship mindset where your time is all yours uh, and putting in the crazy amount of hours... That I think that you know, it is suited as a Singaporean. So it's quite interesting that you know, we are trained to be hardworking. Uh, and it's interesting to see that these guys are taking leaps and bounds to you know do it on their own, mm. right? Uh, yeah.
1: So I, I I couldn't agree more, especially the about the part where you said, imagine you're stable, right? Yeah. Why on earth would you go out and take on that much risk, especially right. if you have like I mean. Responsibilities, let's right. say family, kids, you know, stuff like that, and and to take that leap, ah, man, I I, I think that's that's really says something that yeah. I'm not saying that you know you're a risk taker by by natural, but it's,
0: like, it's also quite interesting yeah. that you know we have had a spectrum, right? Where yes. there are people who the families are. Against it and telling them like mm-hmm. you know this is a bad idea yes. why don't you just get something stable and then on the other spectrum we have people whose
1: family have been very supportive, yeah, very supportive and, and encouraging of yeah. entrepreneurship so
0: it's quite interesting I think uh, it comes back to again the the whole idea of uh, you are the average of the five people you mix with mm-hmm. right and. Understanding that these, all these people have their own network of mm-hmm. uh, business owners and friends, right? Yep. Who motivate them in the right direction. I think that's something that's very important, mm. right? So the kind of conversations you have
1: with people around you. It's very different when, yep. let's say, your yep. network is business owners yep. or even self-employed or, or salespeople. Yep. The type of conversations that you have are different. And sure. I've, I myself have experienced this ever since, you know, maybe starting this podcast. Yeah, the conversations are different. The ideas are yeah. different. I think yeah. even, even thinking is different.
0: Even at the event, right? Uh, I was you know eavesdropping on some of the conversations, and then they're mm-hmm. always that some people are talking about the hiring process. Right. Some people are talking about the training process, yeah. and some people are talking about like how to expand my business. Yeah. And then it, it was amazing to see this community of business owners who are so open and willing to share about yes. their own experiences, and, right?
1: And and the frustrations. Yeah. As, I mean, something that I guess only business owners yeah, can, sure. can empathize with. It, it was with. really amazing yeah. because
0: you don't have them discussing, uh, you know, small things. Mm. That's one of the things that I took away from the whole event itself.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad we were able to get everyone, or, or at least almost everyone, yeah. Yeah. in the same room. Yeah, And sure. and slowly I can see that, you know, we are building a community where we are sharing knowledge. Yeah. And I mean, if you're listening to this episode, and hopefully you've been listening to us for a while... Uh, who knows we'll see you in the next year's event yeah, our two year yeah. anniversary and you will be part of that conversation in the room with all these amazing people yep. and learn and share and yeah.
0: yeah I think to to you know uh, bring it back nicely to the point that mm-hmm. you know Mind Your Business was started uh, to share knowledge right that's uh, right at, at every stage of what Mind Your Business is going to be mm-hmm. moving forward is that we want to create value yes we want to make sure that uh, if you are struggling, if you feel that I need to become an entrepreneur, but I don't know where to start. I we think, hope that yeah. Mind Your Business gives you the value, gives you the knowledge, gives you the education mm-hmm. to at least start somewhere. Yeah. right? Uh, and um, yeah, so that's been our one year. Yeah. Right. So let's get a bit into some of our guests who have guests, been yep, uh, come up.
1: Yeah. So... I think we started off our first guest uh with Joshua Chin. Yeah. So I myself personally knew Joshua. Right. right? So back when I was in university, I used to stay in a hall, right, in a dorm, and two dolls down there was Joshua. I think he was a year junior to me. He was studying a business uh degree, right? And even from his dorm and hall days, I could see his entrepreneur mind. Right. Uh, the type of conversation right. that he would have with me and and the right. rest of us, our neighbors, right, It's different. He started, you know, doing a little of uh, drop shipping, e-commerce here and there, right. but he found his footing with email marketing. And if you go back to episode four of Mind Your Business, yep. that's when you really get a deep dive into his story whereby he started a multi-million dollar business from his dorm room right. where he reached out to uh, clients from the US, yeah. not even local clients in yeah. Singapore, saying that, hey, you know what? I could do this, yep. get this, get you this result, um, X, 2X, 3X, 4X, yep. your uh, customers uh, through email marketing. And, a lot of it was and, and and here's just a story, right? When he got his first client and they agreed to his price, uh, they asked, Yeah, I'm just gonna PayPal you the amount it's like, Yeah, sure. Right. Then he immediately went to make a PayPal account yeah, yeah, because yeah. that's how you deal with customers yeah. so, overseas. Yeah. So coming
0: back to that, do you think that, mm. that there might be a fear of Singaporeans exploring overseas market? Because yeah. we are so, I wouldn't say narrow-minded, but we are so uh, in a safe space, right? Mm. We brought up in Singapore where it's so secure, so safe, everything we know exactly how it's happening, right? Uh, do you think that limits us from exploring options in uh,
1: overseas? Right? I think it could, be a tunnel vision thing right whereby you are only seeing what you are able to see right. uh, for example any digital business right uh, if you're in the space of e-commerce so this is what I've, I've picked up from the guys the e-commerce and marketing guys we have met over the year right. this market in Singapore I think is extremely small as compared to what the potential is in, let's say, Australia, in the US, or or even in Europe, right? Uh, And the dollar value is stronger there as well. Customer base is stronger there. Why wouldn't you go out and target those? You should not limit yourself, Mm -hmm. right? So I agree with you. I think sometimes we just see what's in front right, of us, right, right. we might be missing an opportunity completely. Yeah, that's out there.
0: Yeah. I think uh, Josh also spoke to us a bit about, you know, uh, bringing on his partner. Exactly, right, his friend, yeah. And how they managed to actually uh, build a strong foundation right, mm-hmm. with their friendship. And the surprising thing is that majority of their company is not in Singapore, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. I think they don't even have a single employee in Singapore. Yeah. So And the entire team is remote. So I, I just checked in with I think Josh uh, a couple of weeks back. I think they were doing a team get together. Okay, like I think they would okay. do it once every quarter right. or once oh, half a year, half yearly. So they got together and then they were saying, "Oh, it's finally great to see these people in person because right. you've been working right. uh, virtually for the longest time." And his team has back then was eighty people. If I'm not wrong, I think okay. it's grown ever since then. Yeah. yeah, for and, sure.
0: That's, that's really interesting. I think yeah.
1: that uh, being able to manage a team
0: is tough. Mm-hmm. Being able to manage a team when you don't even see them is exactly. tough, right? Yeah. But I guess that with the whole new hybrid of uh, Zoom and mm-hmm. what COVID has essentially eroded away, right? Which yes. is the secret office space. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that moving into this hybrid structure is very important as a person who wants to do entrepreneurship. Yeah. To be able to manage people, uh, manage yourself uh, remotely and in a in a office space, right? Uh, I don't know. I mean, personally, I've never been a remote guy. I really hate Zoom calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that there, there is value in it. Um, but as you said, even for Josh, right, who has worked remotely for the past three, four years, five years, meeting these people in person is always going to be different. It's right? always different. Yeah. So as yeah. an entrepreneur, would you think that, you know, uh, would I want an office space, right? Because there's also the the thought that I save on rent. cost. Right? Yep. I save on rent, right? But what that value exchange versus being there in the room with the person versus being on Zoom, do you think there's it's a huge offset?
1: I think it is. Like nowadays, you see companies going into a hybrid model, right? Right. So it could be one day work from work in the office, where the rest of the four days you're just. Yep maybe equally or even more efficient working from home. Right. And I guess it would be really dependent on the nature of the job that you're Definitely. working. Let's say if you're in a digi- digital space, might as well. Yeah. Might as well. Sure. Yeah, but this also opens up to another topic, right? Whereby, uh, are we going to lose out as Singaporeans? Right? Because you now you, you are able to, as a business owner, now you're able to hire talent. Right. Right. Uh, Overseas, right, and that talent could be a cheaper. It could be better. Right. You don't really need maybe someone with uh, and in the same time zone as you, even for sure, right? Yeah. So, so th- that's another conversation. Yeah, I think I'm,
0: moving on to the next guest would have been mm. F and B, right? So we had yeah. Keith Koh who came mm-hmm. on, right? A good friend of mine. Yes. Uh, so Keith did his degree in uh, UK, mm-hmm. and then he was part-timing at restaurants. Um, you know, just to make some signing income, uh, some uh, allowances for himself. Right, he there.
1: was in the UK. Yep.
0: Yeah. Right, and then when he came back with his degree, he was like, I'm going to start a hawker store. Okay, so everybody was just like, what is going on, brother? Like, you have a degree, like, why are you going to be a hawker worker, right? And, mm-hmm. and then Keith gave us his whole perspective on, he knew that he could not uh, be stuck in the office. Mm. Uh, and uh he was sharing with us about how you know uh he worked crazy hours, right building up the business from what it was, uh to now two successful restaurants. Uh one is at uh Tanglin and one is at um yeah, Tanjong Paga Lad and, right. and Dad. Uh and it's it's really interesting because uh this guy finished his degree yes. and, and he took the option where people expect you not to have a degree, right?
1: And you started a hawker store. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, people will wonder, right, what's going on?
0: And it's very interesting because, like, I think that this that's the interesting thing about these people, right? They're breaking stereotypes all the time, yep. right? When you go to a hawker store, you see the uncle, auntie, right? You uh, immediately assume, I know it sounds bad, but you immediately assume that, they don't really have an education, right? Mm. Most of them, uh, from a young age, they already started working at a hawker stall, probably PSLEO levels, and then they start working, right? And then he just broke the stereotype like, hey, why can't a degree worker, uh, why can't a degree, um, holder, holder have a uh, run a hawker store, right? And of course, uh, b- mixing his entrepreneurship knowledge, the business knowledge that he got from UK and all that, and he was able to build such a successful business, right? I think it's very interesting, right? Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. If you haven't Caught that episode. It's actually episode number six, Confessions of a Hawkerpreneur, Keith Koh. He's the founder of Let and Dead and Let and Co. is it? Yep, Let and Dead and Let and Koh. Yeah. And you should definitely visit his restaurant. It's yeah. one of the best fish and chips in Singapore. I think they, I think in the episode we talked about it, they were awarded like the best fish yeah, and I chips by, by a radio, radio station. station. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, don't take my word for it. Mm. Yeah. F&B, it's a brutal business. Yeah. You you have cafes, you have restaurants closing every yep, year. Yep. A lot of people with passion, you know, go into it. But I think it is the grit and the resilience yep. that you really need to succeed in any business, but F&B in particular. Uh, yeah.
0: So it's quite interesting. I think we've only had one F&B guest so far. Yes, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, mm. give us our first uh, f uh, mm. and not not going to be our last. Uh, mm. But I think one of the things that makes fnb so scary to start as a business is right when you start a business, when you start an entrepreneurship journey, right? You want to maintain a certain level of quality, mm. right? So, but in the FMB business, there's so many compartments operating at the same time. Of course, the food being the most important, but people don't only come for good food. They come for maybe good service. They come for uh, atmosphere. There's so many options, uh, components that, you know, go into making an F&B successful. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, with the hawker stall, it's different. You can't control much, but you know, when you open that space, uh, if you're in the kitchen trying to control quality of food and your staff is not trained, they are going to ruin service. Yes. And if your service staff, you're out there doing something and you're not watching the kitchen and then they might ruin quantity right i mean the quality of the food right so there's a lot of components going on and i think that the way keith has uh you know explained how he manages everything how he built up the business right it's very interesting perspective yeah uh for those who you know are keen to to explore
1: B, yeah, F&B. yeah. The, the the process of ensuring your quality and service is top all the time yep. definitely not easy he mentioned his time during covid how right. how you know Back then, the only way for FNBs to survive was really through delivery. And that was a big hurdle for him. Yep. Because for him, when you deliver the food, the quality might not match right. as to what you would exactly. get in exactly. the restaurant. And then you don't feel the service and the human touch and all that. Yep. So for him, that was a struggle. Yeah. So, more on that in that episode. And the next. Guest that we had was DJ Daniel Joshua. So DJ is another friend of yeah. yours. Yeah, so
0: known him since uh, we were in secondary school, mm. right? Uh, decent, decent guy. You know, going through uh, proper educations. Go went to JC SMU, mm-hmm. came out, got a good job with uh, Skyscanner Scanner. Uh, at that point, Skyscanner was huge, right? Uh, and I think he was happy. You know, uh, yeah. I've been to his office a couple of times. Living
1: right? the corporate life. Yeah.
0: And I've been to his office a couple of times, so they have those like real techy kind of mm. like office space, right? Where there's a ping pong table. Oh, like, you know, it's
1: fun. There's
0: yeah. a lot of like vibrancy going around. Yeah. So,
1: so every time uh, I see those, you know, TikTok videos, oh, day in the life of a yeah. Twitter employee, I just yeah. laugh. <laughs> it's, it's
0: it's crazy. So, so I think like, if I don't recall wrongly, mm. it was one of those days where. Game of Thrones just came out. Okay. So they will release Game of Thrones episodes on Mondays, right? And he was like, Hey, we are doing a screening in our office for lunch of the Game of Thrones episode. Wow. And I was like, Oh shit. Okay. So I'm going to grab us some sandwiches, went over and then everybody's just chilling there. And I was like, Wow, this tech lifestyle is, is crazy, right? It's just, it, it, it feels so vibrant all the time because, uh, they believe in a very creative space. Mm. And then, you know, uh, we hit our tech, tech crunch and,
1: uh, Covid and, and
0: you know uh, travel and travel and... was down and Skyscanner took a big hit. Yep. Uh, and so at that point he was contemplating what to do next, right? And he decided that you know what, I'm gonna make it out on my own, right? Uh, I think it, it is, it is quite scary, right? Uh, I was there when he, he was making the decisions, um, and to know that you're going from such a stable, good job, right, to to struggling and knowing that there's so many things that you don't know. Right. And uh, I think one of the good things that uh, DJ put into practice immediately was that he was constantly reading, trying to improve his knowledge, uh, always looking for ways to grow. And um, yeah, I mean, now they just wrapped up a couple of big projects. Fantastic. I think one, two years in, three years. Yeah.
1: And and the clientele is really impressive. Uh, I think, again, it comes back down to the whole idea
0: that, you know, uh, you must trust and believe in the quality of work that you are able to put out, right? Uh, a lot of times, I think, what stops us from wanting to take that leap, right, which is one of the DJ's uh, episodes, I think. Yeah, talks the about, first
1: episode, very aptly named, yeah. when should you yeah. take that leap?
0: Like, you got to start building the confidence in yourself that You know, I have quality. I can compete in this market. What I provide has value. Yeah. And it comes back down to the whole idea of a unique selling point. Yes. If you don't have a unique selling point, no matter what it is, right, uh, it is going to be tough. Because Mm -hmm. you're always going to be questioning every move, right? But for, like, most of these guys, I think, if not all of them, when we talk to them, right, they're so confident, so sure, right? what they are able to bring to the table, right? So I think that's another thing that, you know, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you want to start something for yourself, you got to sit down, you got to ask yourself, can I bring something to the table? Can I do things better than other people, right? And I think that's one of the things that made DJ so sure of what he was going to do because he sh- was sure that I can put out quality videos and I will never... Um, you know, lose out on the quality compared to maybe other other agencies. Nah.
1: Yeah, and yeah. it really ties back to, you know, a company's vision, a company's yeah. mission. And I remember their company's name is called We Are One. Yes, right. And if you go to their website, you know, it's a fantastic website. You'll see the vision very clearly stated, right. making content that brings people together, yeah. right, We Are One. So, and everything, you know, ties back and the value proposition is there. Yeah, so the unique selling point is there. So, it's a fantastic few episodes we had with d j. Some of the other things that you know we talked about is how clients pay for the experience, yep. not the price yep. uh, don't ever get into a price war or with the you know people who are charging really little. so yep. you have to differentiate yourself somehow and we also touched a little bit on building your processes and routines, yep. how your daily routine can really make the difference right. as an entrepreneur. Yeah. You I, need to have that routine. So I think that's the ironic
0: part of it all, right? So, yeah. you know, uh, when we think about the entrepreneurship, we're talking about breaking out the circle of the yeah. Singaporean schedule yeah. and all mm-hmm. that. But the truth about it is that a schedule is important. Yes. An entrepreneur doesn't exist without a schedule. He controls the schedule, right? It's very different from how you look at a corporate structure, right? And the, we cannot misunderstand that entrepreneurship life is without a schedule. Yeah, because
1: there's this misconception, right? It's like, oh, we have a very flexible uh, time and that can be deadly.
0: Definitely, definitely. I mean, uh, even for me personally, uh, you know, some of the people that I spend a lot of my afternoons with, right? because those are our downtime, are usually entrepreneurs, right? Because they are are slightly more free. But that doesn't go to show that they they don't know what's going on. They are always in control. They know exactly what they need to do at what time, right? Mm -hmm. And... The funny thing is that yes, they are. They appear to be more free, but it's because their schedule is so much stricter. Right? Yes. They are stricter with themselves yeah. and what are the things that they need to put in. Uh, you don't call sick days. There's no such right? thing. You, Sometimes you, you don't take leaves. You don't take. MCs there's no because
1: public because holidays for you, yeah, maybe.
0: There's there's none of this. If you, you got to get it done, you got to get it done, right? And if there's a problem, you got to fix it. Yeah. So, I think yeah, you know, uh, that is one of the misconceptions that I think we
1: must. Understand. Address and, yeah, yeah. understand here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, coming up next week on Mind Your Business.
0: So I recently came across this TikTok so that mm. mentioned it a bit. Okay, So this guy started a card, right? So it's $13 on Instagram or something. And it says, white privilege card. okay, And then at the back of it, it says that you can present this card to gain white privilege wherever you are. So it's, it's kind of like a satire piece, right? And then he bought it and I think it was a stand-up comedy. Mm. So he showed him the card. And then he said, oh, so... Funny thing about the thing, right? About the card, the company was started by a black guy. <laughs> <laughs> right? So hey man, there's there's always a market, right? Yes, yeah, it is. What what are you what do you want?
1: This is Tomet. And this is Ash. And, and you're, you're listening to, to the Mind Your Business SG podcast. podcast. Whoa, first <laughs> attempt. <laughs> Thank you for joining us this time. If you haven't already, subscribe to us on Spotify to get a new insightful episode every week. The Mind Your Business SG podcast is hosted by Ashwin Prakash and Tamit Nassif. Thank you to Naim Lutfi for our intro music. And if you've enjoyed our show, consider rating us. It will help us grow the show and make the future episodes that much better. Have a question for Ash or me? Head over to our Instagram page at MindYourBusinessSG and ask away. We read every submission and we might just answer yours in a future episode. If you'd like to support us personally, you can reach out to Ash for your finance needs and myself for any creative business solutions. We'll see you soon.